Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, we tell you all week long why baseball isn't boring. Well, on Fridays, we tell you why betting isn't boring because baseball isn't boring. And usually we do it with our good friend Jonathan Papelbon. He's going to be on with us throughout the season every single Friday, our gambling expert. And let me tell you, in case you were wondering whether or not Pap is a gambling expert, let's go back to last episode, last betting isn't boring episode, obviously brought to our great friends at FanDuel, where every moment is more. Speaking of every moment being more, listen to what Pap said in his Pap's play of the day. Last week, the last time we heard Pat. Anybody hitting a home run? I like I like jazz. I like oh, jazz. I think plus six to eighty. Yes. I like jazz there. Um, you know, he he's that he's the type of he he's a star studded player, man. He's in order for him to be himself, he's gotta go out, hit home runs and steal bases. And well, I, he, I like him. You're, I, I like I got a chance. He was on the podcast. I like talking to him. So, uh, and here's here's the bonus. They have, FanDuel has, already has the home run mo- money line parlay, which lend, leans right into what you've already predicted, Pat. Jazz Chisholm, Miami Marlins, plus 950. There you go. Ooh, it. And that is what you got to love about FanDuel, baby. Yes. Right there in the glove. I mean, so of all, you know, you've already made, I I might, I might do that. I I might do that on your advice. Plus 950 Chisholm in the Marlins parlay, home run money line parlay. Excellent. Awesome. 10 bucks. If that had 10 bucks wins you almost a hundred dollars. I mean, you know, that's, that's about as good as value bet as you can get, man. All right, so I always take Pap's advice. I'm going to do it throughout the year. I did it that day, and sure enough, boom, Jazz Chisholm, home run, Marlins win. It's not that complicated. It's scientific. He's a genius. So there you go. You want to keep listening to Pap, no question about it. 
Today, Pap had, uh, had, had was not able to join us. He had a family um, situation, and he's going to be back with us next week. And we look forward to that, and we hope for the best for the, for the Papelbon family, certainly. Uh, and we value every single time Jonathan Papelbon comes on. He's part of the Baseball Isn't Boring family as well. So he'll be back with us next week. But what we did today is we brought on an expert from a team – that has a lot of interesting players. Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet up in Toronto. He joined us. He's been on the podcast before. But I thought it was pretty important in order to get a perspective from the Blue Jays side of things. Because not only because of some really, really interesting possibilities when it comes to year-end awards, where the Blue Jays might end up. And, but of course, of course, the drama of Alec, Ver- Alec Manoa and Alex Verdugo. Obviously, as seen here first on Baseball Isn't Boring. So in case you weren't familiar with that situation earlier in the week, Alex Verdugo came on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast, and this is what he had to say about the Toronto Blue Jays pitcher, Alec Manoa. But if it's a genuine reaction and it's for the boys, not again, like not directed towards somebody, then yeah. Like I'll say it right now, I think Alec Manoa goes about it the wrong way. Uh, you know what I mean? hundred percent. I think he does. You can find videos, footage of him in the AAA of AAA going like this to a hitters. Yeah. You know what I mean? He last year telling uh, Frenchie and Bobby like like uh, go sit and yeah. shit like that, and it's just like and looking right at him. Yeah. So it's like you know shit like that. Like that shit just pisses me off. And like I said, it's not it's not it's not the way it should be played. It should be played like. You're celebrating it with your team. You're not fucking, you're not disrespecting another player who's, you know, at the end of the day, just, we're just trying to compete, man. That's right. it. All right. Obviously, that went around the country, around North America, around the baseball community. A lot to pick through, as people have been. There's been some really, really great conversations I've seen, whether it's MLB Network or other places, about that topic, about who was right, who was wrong. The topic that we actually wanted to talk about at the time, which was emotion in baseball, and if you go back to that podcast early in the week, Andrew McCutcheon was also on that episode, and he was excellent as well. But... But but what does the Verdugo versus Manoa thing mean? What will it mean when the Red Sox play the Blue Jays at the beginning of May? All of that. What, is, what are they talking about it in the Blue Jays clubhouse? Well, Ben is the guy who can answer all those questions, or a lot of them anyway. Ben can also answer a lot of these questions when it comes to what we should, how we should look at the Blue Jays. So this is where we're at. We like to give recaps uh, every single day off of what happened updating people the great game of baseball and just reminding everybody yeah baseball isn't boring because whatever happened the night the day before and today is no exception well the rays are six and oh they are the only undefeated team still but 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 you have the braves at six and one you have the brewers at five and one after winning five straight the braves right now are the favorites to win the world series by FanDuel. they're plus 600 the Brewers, they're still sitting at plus 2,000. So who knows? If you believe the Brewers are for real, let's go. Let's go. And speaking of the Brewers, how about Brian Anderson, the best offensive player in the world so far, leads the world in everything, OPS, batting average, everything, not yet on the board for a National League MVP. Do you want to jump on them? Let's reconvene in the next betting isn't boring segment. I want to hear what Pap has to say about Brian Anderson. 
the American League leader in OPS is Adam Duvall, the Red Sox. And he's at plus 10,000. So still, you want to jump on somebody? Sure. There you go. Now, Shohei Itani, you go look at the odds, not even close. I mean, Shohei Itani is the favorite be-all, end-all, not even, no, no questions asked. And that continues to be the case. He's done nothing to draw back from that. So Itani is the guy, but, but Duval plus 10,000. All right. In terms of pitchers, well, Kyle Freeland of the Rockies, he's at plus 20,000 to win the National League Cy Young. And he's given up zero runs in the first 12 and two-thirds innings. A lot of good pitching performance so far. Freeland was excellent on Thursday. So after two starts, there you go. Plus 20,000, you know, why not? Throw a few bucks that way, see what happens. But, 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 let's get to the Blue Jays. Let's get to the Blue Jays. Let's get to the team that we're talking about today. All right. A great bet. A great bet, as we talked about with Ben. So I focus on the podcast when I, we talked to Ben about Manoa, where Manoa sits in the American League Cy Young. The guy's a really, really good pitcher. On the field, off the field, his, uh, the way he approaches things in terms of his emotions, that's another story. That's another conversation, one which we will have with Ben. But he's really good. He is he is plus three thousand when it comes to American League Cy Young. Still sort of a long shot. His teammate, however, Kevin Gosman, again, awesome. Still hasn't given up a run in twelve innings after his performance Thursday. He's at plus sixteen hundred. He might be sneaking it up there. He had a good year last year. He's figured some things out. He is rough, man. He is he is a good, good pitcher. So do you want to bet Gosman? We talk about that with Ben. Also, a couple position players. Matt Chapman is hitting 481 with a 1221 ER uh, OBS. And I don't know if you know this, he's really good defensively. He's finished in the top 10 in MVP voting before. He's at plus 19,000 when it comes to MVP. A long shot. His teammate, Bo Bichette, plus 6,000. Now, you're going to listen to Ben. Ben makes a good case for Bichette, and the, the crux of it is that there's all the shortstops have left the building. Xander Bogarts, National League. Boom. There you go. So there's a lot to pick through here. So I did find the Blue Jays sort of the team to talk about today. Yes, we go through Gosman, Manoa, Chapman, Bichette. You know, and, and by the way, the Blue Jays overall – they're still the third best third team when it comes to the odds to win the American League East at plus six, 260. They're at 4-3 right now. They're the fourth best bet in the American League at plus 750. So still not quite getting the respect a lot of people think they might deserve, even though they're always super talented, man, and they may be even more talented than last year. So that's going to be an interesting one. Blue Jays 4-3 and three right now. We'll see if they make their surge again. We'll reconvene in the next Betting Isn't Boring podcast. But along with all the Blue Jays team stuff, individual stuff, we also wanted to get to the Manoa versus Verdugo from the Toronto perspective. Because I'm not up there, but Ben offers some good insight when it comes to how what the vibes were after that happened within the clubhouse. So anyway, rate. Review, subscribe, listen, at BB isn't boring. Keep following the socials. Thanks for a great week, 
been an awesome week. It's going to be an awesome week next week. It was the first full week of the Major League Baseball regular season. We appreciate everybody. So keep it up. Keep it up. If you have any suggestions, hit me up. Uh, at Bradfo, please do. But here you go. Here you go. Betting isn't boring today. We'll have Papel Bond on next week. But today, taking his place, Ben Nicholson-Smith. All right, there's nobody I'd rather talk to right now than Ben Nicholson-Smith. Ben, what's going on? Not much, Rob. It's been an interesting week for the Blue Jays, <laughs> not the least of which because of your podcast. Oh, well, well, listen, we like to keep things spicy. Baseball isn't boring. Um, so, uh, so we're going to get to that in a second. Um, I want to, uh, since this is the Friday betting isn't boring segment, um, I'm going to go through a couple things, which you, you following the Blue Jays closer than anybody on the planet, I will ask you this to, to make people either rich or poor. Um, first off the Blue Jays right now, I was kind of surprised by this. FanDuel right now, they are the number three team in the American League East behind the Yankees are number one. Now, it's all very, very close. The Yankees are number one. Rays are number two. Then it drops way, way down to the Red Sox and Orioles. But what's your vibe right now in terms of, of pegging the Blue Jays as a, a good bet to, to maybe win this division? I think the Jays are the best team. I mean, I know the Rays have started so well, and it is close. So, you know, I don't want to overlook the, the Rays, but... I do think the Jays are a more balanced team than what you get in Tampa Bay, especially the way Vladdy is hitting. You've got Varsho, who looks like an impact player. Matt Chapman seems to be geared up for a big contract year. Of course, you've got Boba Shad, you've got Springer. So I just don't think the Rays have that kind of offense. I know Yandy Diaz has been hitting well. I know Wander Franco has. But I think the depth offensively is better in Toronto. And maybe the Yankees compare offensively, but they've just had so many injuries to their pitching that I, I do think the Jays are the best team in the AL East right now. I kind of feel that same way. I know everyone's sort of seduced right now by the Rays pitching, and rightfully so. I get that. Um, I was surprised that the Yankees are, are, are at the top. You know, I think that's sort of a cachet thing, saying, hey, we're not getting up. They haven't looked that bad, so we're not getting off of it. But the Blue Jays, really going into this year, were, I thought, were perceived as the most talented team in the division. And then now you have guys like, like you mentioned, Varsho and some of these guys, Chapman, who, who are performing maybe even above expectations. So, yeah, I mean, I think you have to be sitting here compared to maybe on March 1st and feeling better about the Blue Jays, don't you? Yeah, I think you do. And, and the other thing with the month of March is, like, things can go wrong, and the Yankees experienced that firsthand um, with, with just some of the injuries that they're dealing with, Rodon and um, Frankie Montas, as they try to just patch together the pitching staff. And I think for the Jays, mostly they are healthy. And so then that puts them in a good spot to take advantage of a roster that, you know, on paper probably is up there with, with any team in the American League. I mean, obviously the Astros deserve a lot of respect, but the Jays are probably in that conversation for the better teams in the American League. Right, right. Well, okay, another guy, another bet, which this is another odd that I found a little bit surprising. And it's the American League Cy Young. To, and we're going to get to this guy uh, in, in, in different terms in a little bit. But Alex Manoa right now is plus 3,000. Like, he's fairly down the list 
when it comes to AL Cy Young. But I look at the guy, and I'm like, you know, he's right up there with any, any of these guys in terms of when you throw him out there, he, he has a potential to dominate. Does that surprise you that, like, he is, you know, he, he isn't being perceived, like, in the, in the same vein as, like, Garrett Cole is number one, is a number is a favorite right now. I would take Manoa a lot of times over Garrett Cole, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, they're, they're such – you know, they almost get different reps as far as how they're perceived in their respective markets. Like, I think a Jays fan would just be so thrilled to have Alec Manoa go out there. And I think with the Yankees, there's almost this question around Garrett Cole of like, yeah, he's a great regular hmm. season pitcher, but, you know, can he take it to that to that next level? And to me, I look at Garrett Cole from afar, and like, this guy's amazing. <laughs> he's so good. Um, and he's obviously off to a great start this year. As for Manoa... I think that he's a really good pitcher. He obviously finished third in the Cy Young voting last year. He can haul a lot of innings. Um, he can pitch really well, even if his best stuff isn't there. Um, certainly attacks and, and competes within the strike zone and has a great slider. So all of that helps him. But, you know, if I was going to pick a Blue Jays pitcher to win the Cy Young, I might point to Kevin Costner. Ooh, really? I like yeah. that. I like you that. Know, and I, yeah, I saw him go up against the Royals in Kansas City for his latest start and he's just he's really got that splitter working for him he's got the fastball um, as well of course and he's, he's able to command that pretty well at this point but the Jays also have better defense behind them and that's big for him because last year Gosman had the worst BABIP in baseball like more hits were dropping behind him than, than anyone and then okay you get Kevin Kiermeyer, you get Dalton Varsho that's going to help a lot of guys but I think Gosman's the one who stands to benefit the most and you know and uh, I mean this uh, the guy that I'm digging my heels in and I you make great cases I, I love that Gosman pick um, the guy I'm digging my heels in on until further notice is Dylan Cease. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big Cease guy. Like I just like follow him last year. Like he just doesn't have bad starts. But, but I like your picks. I like your picks. I'm not gonna lie to you. So, there yeah, a lot of good sleepers out there. I mean, for Amber Valdez, tough to overlook as well. Like yeah. Cease is a great call. So there's, there's a lot of competition out there. Now, do you see anybody? So obviously, you have some MVP candidates in uh, in terms of position players. There, uh, we all focus on Vlad, but you know, could Chapman sneak into this? You think? I think he could because you know the defense is going to be there, and we're just a weekend, so you know you don't want to read too much into the stats. But he is hitting over five hundred, which that's always <laughs> that's good. good. Yes, yes. Um, so he's. He's really making good contact. Uh, he seems to be really locked in offensively. I know he wanted to do better than he did last year um, at the plate as far as what he's able to offer. So there might be another gear there. I think Varsho could be a sneaky MVP candidate. I think Bo Bichette too because, you know, as you know very, very well, Xander Bogart's not in the American League anymore. Yeah. And Luis Baez not in the American League anymore. So someone's winning that batting title. And I just wouldn't be surprised if it was Boba Shat. I mean, you've got Kyle Tucker, you've got Aaron Judge. I mean, there are other guys who could win it. But I just, I could see Boba Shat hitting 315 and winning it. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, I, I've never felt better about the Blue Jays after the last five minutes, i got to be honest with you. So I feel good. Um, all right, so this, this goes back to what we had mentioned at the outset. Uh, I apologize to all the people in Canada for making their job a little bit more difficult or maybe make, making your job more easy. I don't know. Um, and I'm talking about the Verdugo versus Manoa thing. Uh, so in, in context, and this, is, this is me, this is my disclaimer, Ben. In context, yeah. when I was talking to Verdugo, and we, we can play, we'll play it again. But uh, it was it was a conversation about emotion, emotion in baseball, and Verdugo was great about it. And I had Andrew McCutcheon on the same podcast, and he was great about it. It's a it's a subject Ben that I love talking about, especially coming off the WBC, because I do think that baseball is approaching the emotion and the passion and everything else differently. And, and Verdugo was great. And then at the very end, he just randomly brings up, you know, the guy who doesn't do it right is Manoa. And then he goes off and, you know, Manoa. So, um, and, and we know what happened with the Red Sox. And it wasn't only the dollback Franchi thing. There was, people forget. I mean, I think it was another year where, the, it might have been Manoa's first year. There was, yeah, it was 2021. Well, I don't know if that was first year, but 2021, there was a benches clearing thing, kind of a benches clearing thing, and there was John back and forth. There was another time. There's every time they play Manoa, the Red Sox play Manoa. There's John back and forth, so that doesn't surprise yeah. me. Um, so anyway, you give great perspective from being up, uh, being with the Blue Jays, and what they're talking about Verdugo's comments. What can you tell me? Well, it's so interesting, right? And, you know, this is a, one of those things that, like you said, as soon as it happens, you know that the Blue Jays saw this, right? You know that Alec Manoa is well aware of this. Um, everyone, it probably even beyond the Blue Jays and Red Sox would see this because it is pretty notable. And it's, it's not every day that you have players being so candid because, of course, they think stuff like this behind closed doors. But it's really interesting when you see it so open, so I asked John Schneider about it, uh, you know, the day that it, it came out, and he's basically like, we don't want to go there, we're not <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> you know, it's like, no comment, essentially. Um, you know, Manoa, too, was not inclined to talk about it. Um, I know he made one comment to Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun. That was the extent of, of the comments that he made about it. Um, so... You know that it was on the radar of people around the team, of course, um, and yet I think there was an inclination not to give it too much oxygen because the Blue Jays, from what I could tell, didn't take Verdugo's comments that seriously. Like they didn't, <laughs> they didn't agree with them. Right. Well, I mean, it's interesting because you know we know it probably is a guy that. That you, it's a tip. We see these guys all the time. You would love playing for with him. You love cheering with him when he's in your team. And then you have a case for Duke. And there's all, there's a ton of these guys. Um, and you bring up the point about like calling, 
Verdugo mentioning by name, and, and and I was listening to, I think, Chris Rose's podcast today about this, talking about this, and uh, Trevor Plouffe said this. is like, hey, I appreciate him actually not dancing around it and calling him by name. And, you know, and, and I do too. Like, honestly, Ben, like, I do too. Like, and we all like the little, we like, like the spice. You know, we're, we're not going to, I don't think we're all, gonna, none of us are going to be like, oh, we don't like a little spice in baseball. But uh, when he does identify him by name, it does probably take it to another level. Um, a level which which might sell a few more tickets at Fenway Park on May 1st. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, I appreciate when players are candid. I really do. And, you know, this is a level of candor where it's, not just you know an off the record comment to you, which is one thing, but this is this is for the world to listen to. It. So it's really interesting. And I guess like here's here's a question. I, I don't know even how to frame it really, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because you know I did look back at at, a, at one of the games, and this was in Toronto. This is June of last year, mm. and Alex Verdugo hits a home run. Guess who's on the mound? Alec Manoa. And Verdugo, when he's circling the bases, is very expressive. And he's kind of running past the Blue Jays' dugout, and he's kind of gesturing at the at the Jays' dugout on the third base side. And, you know, so I, I'm not sure if you've seen that clip recently. I mean, it's a, more than a, or it's almost a year ago now. But when I was looking at that clip, I'm kind of like, well, Verdugo is kind of as demonstrative as he's getting on Manila for being demonstrative. So that's where it sort of didn't add up to me. Yeah, I think that I think as I said, I think it goes back and I remember that instance. I think this goes back uh, even a few years ago. I think that it was uh it was right it was in August 2021 where this there was a big kerfuffle uh regarding the Blue Jays and and the Red Sox. But that instance last year, I remember that too. Pavetta and Ploiecki were involved somehow. Um, and you know, again, this is, this is, and Verdugo, like you said, it was right in the middle of it. No question about it. I guess what I'm, another thing I'm sort of curious about is this sort of the overall message of what Verdugo was saying, because at the heart of it, you know, when we get past the, what's going to happen on May 1st, and these two guys are calling each other out and what a feud and so forth and so on at the heart of it is also just the conversation about emotion in baseball. And that's why, you know, I'm sure Verdugo had, you know, he wanted to identify Manoa, but what he was also saying is that, Hey, you know what? There's, there's a way to do this and there isn't a way to do it. And, you know, and I've heard both sides of, of this people arguing this since this happened, since Verdugo talked and some are saying, well, you can't be a hypocrite. You've got to let the passion out no matter what. And then you do have people, and I think Plouffe said this, is that, no, well, you do, but then you there's a fine line and you don't do it toward the other team unless you're provoked. Um, so I'm just sort of like get, want to get your perspective of, and maybe even the Blue Jays' perspective of it. Yeah, and they've, I mean, as you know very well, I mean, the Jays have been a team that in the last... I don't know, let's say 10 years, they've probably been on the more demonstrative emotional side of things with Jose Batista, with Josh Donaldson. I mean, they have not been afraid to get in the middle of things and to wear their emotions on their sleeves. I I think Vlad Jr. at times can fit into that. Um, Maybe a bit of a shift for the Jays this year, which is actually kind of interesting. and That's probably a topic for another podcast. But I do think that there there are 
all kinds of ways for players to show emotion in ways that don't show anybody up. In my mind, when I'm thinking of that, it goes to the final out of the WBC where you have Shohei Otani, who's basically the most respectful player that you could imagine on the mound against Mike Trout. You know he respects Mike Trout, but still, after he gets that final out, strikeout Mike Trout, he throws his glove up in the air. He's extremely excited, and that's from a guy who, historically, at least when he broke into the league, wasn't showing as much emotion. So mm-hmm. I think if Shohei Otani can do that, you know, then that really opens the door. And I think it's a great thing for the game to be able to have players who are showing off their emotions, who are... And look, there's always a line. Like, I'm not saying that in on Game 3 of the Cactus League schedule, you know, you're, you got Rockies versus Diamondbacks and everyone has to be letting loose. Like, there's, you're going to feel the moment out a little bit. But I think there's a time and place for emotion, and I love to see it as a fan of the game. Yeah, I do too. And I, I this has been sort of a topic that we've been talking about going back to right before the WBC. I was asking Marcus Stroman about: Do you think the passion of the emotion, the enthusiasm of the WBC will carry over? And and actually, like Alex Cora talked about that the other day as well. And that's sort of how my conversation with Verdugo began because he was in the WBC and. It, and I think it's it Verdugo said this is like yeah I do but it's not like you're gonna have teams coming out of the dugout and piling on guys scoring runs in the fourth inning like in the WBC you know but it, it's we're, we're creeping toward the acceptance of it I guess a little bit more so yeah so. yeah and I, I think that's I think that's good for fans of the game um, I think that these these little storylines are always interesting um, and there are a lot of stakes for these players, right? It's their careers, it's their reputations, it might be the defining moment of their career if they hit a big home run. Um, to say nothing of all the finances um, and, and you know potential career opportunities involved. So, yeah, I think it makes all the sense in the world that after a big moment where you're already physically activated and, and charged up, I think it makes sense to see that expressed in the form of a, a response of some kind. Well, we're going to have to reconvene on all this stuff on May 1st in Boston. So, exactly. <laughs> so Ben, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, Rob. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I... Uh... I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.